Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you, as always, by InsideThePenguins.com, a proud affiliate of the Hockey News. My name is Nick Berlansky, joined, as always, by Nick Horwat, and it is a, not national holiday, but for us, it's a holiday, and for hockey fans, it's a holiday. October 10th. 2023, a day that has been circled in hockey fans' calendars since the Stanley Cup final ended back in June. Hockey's back tonight. Three games on the slate. The one we're going to focus on, obviously, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to preview that in our second segment. We have a, a ton of stuff to get to in this show, but before we do any of that, how you feeling on opening day 2023? It's the time of optimism. It's the time of... We all have a chance at the cup, right? All 32 teams are looking at themselves and going, you know what? This is the year. Uh, and then in about a week, about 15 teams will go, next year. So it's just it's a time for optimism in the league. It is just uh, everyone's in a good mood. Everyone is relatively healthy. Everyone is excited, amped up, and just hungry to play hockey again. And people outside are excited to watch again, uh, to you know, report on it again. It's all coming up daisies with with hockey right around the corner. The weather's getting colder. I'm freezing right now. It's like 50 degrees and I'm freezing. It's 43, um, but it feels like hockey weather. And we're here. We made it. Made it through the long, the longest off season this team has seen in a long time. One of the most entertaining yep. ones, though. It was entertaining, and so too was the training camp. And don't get me wrong, the past two and a half weeks, Pittsburgh Penguins training camp has provided plenty of storylines, plenty of action, but it all starts today, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we looked at that. We saw a lot of competition. It was fun to watch. It was fun to follow along with. But today is where the rubber meets the road for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Kyle Dubas era and the next chapter of the Sidney Crosby era and the beginning of the Eric Carlson in Pittsburgh era. And there's there's so many storylines to get to. We're going to try to get to them all here in the next 45 to 50 minutes to get you set for Penguins Blackhawks tonight at 8 p.m., which we all know is probably going to be closer to 8.15 when the puck drops. Don't take my word for it because sometimes they mess around and actually drop the puck when they say they're going to. Uh, but scheduled to start at 8 p.m. on ESPN later this evening. But before we get to that game, I want to ask you, Hora, what are the biggest surprises of the Penguins opening roster? 22 players make it. There's a couple surprises on there. There's a lot of people that weren't surprises that were penciled in from the start. Uh, what was one of the biggest surprises to you when the opening roster came out last night around 6 o'clock? Uh, I mean, the easy one immediately for me at least has to be that last second waiver claim of John Ludwig. Um, it's surprising, A, because we made that claim, we made that signing, uh, but what is also surprising about it is the fact that he's now the youngest player on the roster. Uh, immediate, he's 23. Immediately comes in and is the youngest player uh, behind P.O. Joseph, who was only 24, then Drew O'Connor's 25. We're dealing with the oldest team in the league here, so we take the small victories while we can. Yeah. Um, and as for you know surprises on the roster, I don't know if there are, other than that, maybe too many. You're more surprised about the people that didn't make it. Like, mm -hmm. the way Redeem Zahorna had a great push the entire preseason up until pretty much uh, the other day when he got uh, placed on waivers. Vinny Henestrosa came in with a hot start, but I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall the second he was taken off the Crosby line. Um, and Jake Gensel being there is huge. I'd say when it comes to actual surprises, John Ludwig being there, Ryan Shea being there is probably a big one too. 
Yeah, I would imagine, and I talked about this yesterday when I did a special edition of Iceberg to go just to kind of react, uh, initial reactions to the Penguins roster. I kind of would imagine that today, around 2 o'clock, you might see Ryan Shea end up on waivers so the Penguins can call back one of those forwards to be the 13th forward. I mean, yesterday, obviously, Penguins had put the claim in for John Ludwig, but you don't know until 2 p.m. whether or not you have that player. And at Mm -hmm. that point, you can't place somebody else on on waivers before the 5 o'clock deadline. So it it seems as if Ludwig is probably the guy that's going to stay because he was just claimed on waivers, similar to like a Jansen Harkins, although we saw Harkins at least play in a couple of preseasons games. Um, But I would imagine you might see Ryan Shea end up on the waivers before tonight's game. And then maybe Wednesday, once... And if he clears, because Ryan Chase had an impressive camp, he's gotten some national spotlight uh, from certain outlets, so maybe he doesn't clear. I mean, who knows? But uh, I would imagine he probably gets placed on waivers here in the next couple of days, and the Penguins bring up a 13th forward. But you never know. I mean, Kyle Dubas is as advertised. He doesn't mm-hmm. do things the way that Ron Hextall does. In fact, it's probably a polar opposite way uh, than Ron Hextall operated as Penguins general manager over the past couple of seasons. So it's intriguing. Uh, last week of the preseason, you have... Two waiver pickups, one on the forward side, one on the defensive side. And, you know, with Ludwig, like you mentioned, he's 23 years old. In the American League last year, he played well for the Florida Panthers AHL squad. I mean, 54 games played, 17 points, but he's a defenseman. And when you look at the underlyings, they were impressive. And for a guy that's 23 years old, defenseman, it takes a little bit longer for them to progress and for them to get to the NHL game. At 23 years old, it's interesting that they're able to bring in a guy like that who's also going to bring, as Jesse Marshall said, uh, on Twitter, he's going to bring an edge to his game, and, and that's something that the Penguins have really focused in on getting a little bit more of that, because last year it was Mark Friedman in his, what, 20 games of experience, and then it was, why can't I think of his name? Fourth liner, played a lot of hockey, Josh Archibald. I was yes. I kept thinking Vinny Henestrosa, but Josh Archibald was the only other, like, prick on the Penguins you know, John Ludwig could be that. Noel Achari could be that. Jansen Harkins could be that. Matt Nieto has a little bit of that. So the Penguins getting a little tougher to play against and getting a little nastier here at the outset of the season. But it, it was interesting to me that that they brought Ludwig in. It, it it really is ensuring that they don't run into the same issue as last year where Taylor Ferdoon had to had to spot start a couple of games. So, yeah, we <clears throat> we keep throwing more names in front of in front of Taylor Ferdoon in line. It <laughs> just quickly, just how fast he got sent back down to the bottom. I think it's a, it is a super late addition. It's gonna be a little surprising. I think Jansen Harkins making it isn't as much of a surprise considering no the his short tenure here has looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, though, I mean, it's I'm ex- it, there's a little bit more sandpaper on this team, right? Is that what yes. it is with the Ludwig addition, um, Matt Nieto for the most part. Nolachari, obviously. Um, that's kind of what everyone everyone over the age of 40 wanted for this team last year. Yeah. They need more of a grit, more of a fight. You, you're, your top fighter on the team can't be Marcus Patterson. I mean, not that, you're not saying we're, we need these guys to drop the gloves, but we've been missing that Brandon Tanev type since, he's, since he departed. And mm-hmm. while we won't have... You know, the same guy that gets under the skin like him. Um, these are new faces that will do it in their own special way. I'm curious to see how many games Ludwig plays this season. If he does, we don't know what will happen. You still think Ryan Shea might get sent down. We have time to just to figure out what happens. We have a morning mm-hmm. skate in a couple hours. We'll see where things go. Mm-hmm. Um, it will all be very interesting. And regardless of 
whether or not this team is good, bad, ugly, it'll be entertaining at the very least. 100%. And I think the other thing when looking at this initial roster, and again, we've said it time and time again, the roster today, the opening 22, there's no chance that it's the same by the end of the season. In fact, there's a chance, it's guaranteed that it's not the same uh, by the end of the 2023-24 regular season. But the one thing that I noticed looking at it is there's a lot more speed. And that's something that a lot of people were not happy with last season watching the Penguins is they were slow. Yes, they're an old team. They're the oldest team in the league on average. It's going to happen when you have a 36-year-old, a 36-year-old, and 37-year-old as your core with Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and Sidney Crosby. They did get younger somehow while bringing in Eric Carlson, who's 33. Uh, their average age did drop with that trade because of getting rid of guys like Jan Ruda, a guy like Jeff Petrie. But, you know, it, it's statistically the oldest team in the league, but I don't think they're going to play like it this year, which which is important for the Penguins because there were times last year where they they were they were playing like it, uh, mm-hmm. and you could kind of tell. Um, but the other thing I noticed before we get to the, an interesting question that Wes Crosby asked uh, Penguins president of hockey operations, general manager Kyle Dubas yesterday, is Dubas himself weaponized waivers at the outset here. Like he said, he's not afraid to use waivers. There's a difference between that and actually weaponizing it, which is what I would classify as what Kyle Dubas did. Alex Nylander's cleared. Andreas Janssen cleared, Redeem Zahorna cleared, Vinny Henestrosa cleared, Colin White signed and then cleared waivers. Rem Pitlick is in that boat as well. All of these guys cleared waivers, which means if the Penguins want to bring somebody up or if there is an injury or if they want to try something different in their bottom six, they can bring these guys up without real threat of having to send them back down through waivers. As the CBA states, since they've now cleared this past week, They won't have to be put on waivers again unless they spend 30 days at the NHL level, and that's cumulative. So if they come up for five days, get sent back down, and come up again, that ticker starts from five. So they have to spend at least 30 days at the NHL level or play in 10 games. So again, with a bottom six that you're trying to mold, you're trying to get a new look down there, how is it going to work out? If it doesn't work... They have all of these options that now don't have to pass through waivers. Uh, Kyle Dubas, again, I think that's a shrewd move on his part. Is it, you know, oh my God, it's amazing, it's revolutionary? No, a lot of general managers do this. But putting all of his bubble forwards through waivers, I I think that was a smart move heading into the season. Yeah, it keeps... Keeps the <clears throat> keeps the flow. It'll keep everything flowing nicely. You know, if you need to make these early moves, you can. If you need to make early adjustments, you're able to just easily do it. It's a little bit easier now for the next month, at least. Um, you and to be honest, let's be real. Some of those names you got, we got lucky that they made it through. I mean, Redeem Zahorna had a great camp. Uh, I mean, he was and he was a guy taken last year. So there's a you know, pretty big surprise that he was able to make it through, and now you have that flexibility with him. Same goes for Alex Nylander. I mean, sure, he took a couple of steps back toward the end of camp in the preseason, but the Penguins are overall lucky that a guy with his skill and his ability um, now has that flexibility within the organization for the next month. Um, Same goes for Ty Smith if injuries occur on the defense. Same goes for... um, Mark Freeman. Mark Freeman's a big one, yeah. And there's a couple of names that are going to keep coming to mind. And with the goalie situation that was put out there for the Pat for a couple of teams, figured out, by the way, that it is uh, Pavel Francouz who has not started training camp yet for the Avalanche, so that's where their okay. backup goalie situation is. I think they picked one up, um, but Magnus Helberg made it through. Not that he is 
you know, starting caliber. Um, but teams need goalies still at this point, uh, and mm-hmm. he made it through. So let's say Jari or Nadelkovic goes down early. You have that flexibility for a little bit. Knock on wood everywhere mm-hmm. uh, for uh, <laughs> all of these because injuries are going to be a big part of this season. But um, it's all exciting. It's all you all have that fluidity now. That's kind of a huge mm-hmm. move for Kyle Dubas. He said he wasn't afraid to use it. Uh, and in both ways, he's proven that he's not afraid to a drop you on waivers and b claim you off of waivers. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, obviously, Kyle Dubas, a very, very, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, busy general manager and president of hockey operations. I think that's that's the best way I want to say it. You're not going to see him go up to the podium four or five times this year and say we like our team. And I think that's a nice change of pace for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the fan base, the writers, everyone involved, uh, they don't have to go up and, and listen to some guy say that, you know, we like our team, despite the team not being in the playoffs and losing seven straight on multiple occasions in, in, in this season. Do we think the PR staff told Kyle, hey, just, do not whatever, say that. just whatever you do this year, say whatever you want, say what you need to, you know, don't give full answers because you're not really supposed to as a general manager or head coach or any of that. Don't give full answers. Just kind of give your thoughts and go from there. Just don't say we like our team. Just yeah. don't say that. Anything else can go. We'll, we'll go from there. But um, don't say that cliche. And for what it's worth, <clears throat> I mean, we do like our team. We do. It just, we actually mean it this time, and it's not coming out of Ron Hextall's mouth in times of great uncertainty. Like yeah. I said at the, like I said at the onset, it is the time for optimism. It is a time for just cheeriness and excitement to where you can look at this roster. I do really like this roster. I do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's improved. It's old still, but hey, uh, that's fine. We'll we'll get through it together, guys. But it, it's, I do like this team. So when it comes to that saying, because of the context that we are in now, it's much mm-hmm. different. So yeah, yeah, it's you still don't want to say, you still don't want that to have to have that be the sentence, or mm-hmm. the the cliche or the quote going into the season. But it is still the vibe. It is the feeling of we do. It's just a different vibe now. Yeah, just don't put those four words in that sequential order, and uh, and you'll be fine, Dubas. You'll be fine. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Wes Crosby of NHL.com asked Dubas a very. Uh, obvious question but a question that we liked his answer and we want to answer ourselves Uh, we'll get to that right after the break Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Busy day here as it is opening day of the Pittsburgh Penguins and the NHL season for 2023-24. I I mentioned it before break. Wes Crosby asked a good question uh, to Kyle Dubas yesterday in his uh, media availability. Uh, You were there, Horwat. There was a a little snippet on the Penguins' uh, Twitter account where they did pan, and I was trying to find you. I think you were just out of the frame. I was like, oh, man, could have had his uh, five seconds of fame on the Penguins' Twitter account. No, I wasn't in that one. If you go back to the last in the room, though, there's you can see me clear as day in the final in the room. I With my really long hair that I still had at that time because I hadn't gotten a haircut all season, yeah. um, and I think I was wearing like a, like a Billy Joel T-shirt under a blazer. <laughs> You can. It was, you, a, I'm it was the last game of the season. 
Yeah, it, it, was, was, it, was, it was it was one it was of the last out. days of a, of a rough season. So, it was clean-out yeah. season. I was just kind yeah. of trying to feel okay at least about myself. <laughs> there you go. But the question asked Dubas is, what would you consider a successful season for the Penguins? Again, that's from Wes Crosby of NHL.com. And uh, here's what he had to say yesterday. The standard that's set here when you walk in every day is that the group expects that they're going to win each day and that they're going to stack all those days. Uh, one on top of the other, and it's going to lead to contending and winning the Stanley Cup. That's the the only um, that's the only thing that's talked about here, and the only thing that that the people within the room strive for. And I I know that um, based on the fact that the team missed the playoffs last year, that on the outside there's there's not that same belief. And I think that's totally fair. It's up to us to earn that belief back and. For me, it's been great to be a part of of that uh, of, of that group and try to help as best I possibly can. Learn from them and what's got them to hold that as their standard, uh, and, and try to supplement and add to the group as as best we possibly can across everything: roster, staff, systems, to try to help the team um, get its way back to winning the Stanley Cup again. So, so that's Kyle Dubas on really his expectations, what he would consider a successful season. And like you said, it's general manager speak. Yes, I'm going to say for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations that the bar is a Stanley Cup. Now, obviously, the bar should always be a Stanley Cup. The bar should always be a championship for whatever team you're asking their their executives, hey, what's what's a successful season this year? And especially if you're a team with Crosby, Malkin, Eric Carlson, that's the reason he wanted to come to Pittsburgh of one of the places that he was going to actually, you know, allow a trade to happen because he did have a full new move clause. So, yeah, it's a Stanley Cup. But Horwat, I ask you, as somebody who doesn't have to toe the company line for the Pittsburgh Penguins, what would you consider a successful season at the end of 2023-24 as we sit here on opening day? Considering the last two seasons, the bar is kind of low, right? Considering... They haven't won a playoff round since we were still in college. The bar is a touch low, uh, so I would say at bare minimum, the bare minimum for a successful season is to reach the second round, right? It's a step forward in the right direction. Um, the only issue with that <clears throat> being, quote-unquote, the successful season is you don't know how many years you have left of these guys. So mm-hmm. you need to, as a team, the Penguins need to find a way to not only win that first round, but then win the three more after it. It's overall, at the end of the day, obviously the Stanley Cup is the ultimate goal. And from a fan's perspective, if these guys were even five years younger, you're going, win a round, we get at, we get at it next year. Um, so you look at it as you winning a round is going to be the bare minimum. Everything from there will feel more like funny money and just house playing with your house money. Mm-hmm. But my answer is kind of broad, but it has to be winning a round, but also winning the whole damn thing because we don't know how much time we have left with these guys. Don't know if they're going to be able to stay at the top of their game for another couple seasons. You don't know if you can take it as a step forward because you need Mm -hmm. this step forward this year to be the final push. Yeah, the Penguins are constructed as a team that has a lot of aging veterans, but the aging veterans are still playing at the top of their game. I mean, you look at Carlson, you look at Crosby, you look at Malkin, you look at Latang. 
they haven't really taken a step back. Have their games evolved and they attack the game from a different way? Yes. Uh, but their games haven't taken a step back. The production is still there. Crosby had 93 points last season. Evgeny Malkin had 83 points last season. And you look at the second level of these of this team, it's a lot of players in their primes. Jake Gensel is, I believe, 28 or 29 years 29. old. 29. He just turned 29 yeah. a couple days ago. Brian Rust is in the prime of his career. Ricard Raquel is there. Riley Smith is in the prime of his career. You have a couple of young guys that are you're hoping to make an impact this year. Ryan Graves entering the prime. Then you have, obviously, a guy in Marcus Pedersen who's entering his prime. And then you also have Tristan Jari who's at that level. So you're hoping that this is a team that is just catching everything at the right moment. And that's what you're hoping for. And you're hoping it takes you to a sixth Stanley Cup in Penguins history and a fourth Stanley Cup in the Crosby, Malkin, and Latang era. So I think that that's obviously the goal. And as, as Kyle Dubas said, it should be the goal. But I'm along the lines with you. I think they need to obviously make the playoffs. That is a, a no question, no doubt. Mm-hmm. They need to win a series because they haven't won one since 2018, as you mentioned. And they need to at least look good in the second round. Like, you can't yeah. win a series, and we've seen it a lot, actually, since 2018. It's happened a lot where teams win in that first round, and then they just get blown out in the second round, whether it's because they're young, haven't been there that that yet, and, and the more experienced team just goes out and, and does what they need to do, or it just, it just doesn't work. And they need to look good. You hope that they win that second round series, but... It's hard to win in this league, especially once you get to the second and third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm not going to say the bare minimum is the third round. The bare minimum is you need to get to the second round and you need to be competitive in that round. Yeah, take it from the Islanders team that swept us in 2019. They immediately got swept the next series. Yeah. It's not easy to do that and you can't... Sure, winning a round would be great, but getting immediately swept isn't that much better. So it's... You got to look good. You got to look good into that second round. Push it to six or seven. seven. If you're, if, if you're going to go down, give it the push. You know, go down fighting. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, you hit a game seven, you never know what's going to happen. That's kind of why I threw a six in there. You know, yeah. get a couple of get a couple of good wins, maybe lose in overtime. I mean, we're saying, you know, it's okay to lose. No, it's not okay to lose. But anything can happen in a game seven. If you push it that far, suddenly it's a one-game situation. You don't have to worry about the six pri- the six prior you win this one whether yeah. you deserved to win or not i.e the penguins against the capitals many times over um you found a way to make it through suddenly you're in the eastern conference final <laughs> it's there's all kind of things that can go right or wrong but um yeah the ultimate goal is to win it all but if you're able to get to the second round and look damn good doing it sure you know what then that's a step in the right direction it is a successful if you will season yeah, and we're talking about that as a bare minimum yeah. to get to the level of saying this was a success. This is not the goal, obviously. You want to see a team go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I want to cover a team going to the Stanley Cup Finals. But Absolutely. this is what we're saying. That This is the question that Wes asked. What is the bare minimum that you need to see for it to be considered a successful season? Playoffs, first-round victory, competitive in the second round. And that's that's where we both stand here on October 10th. But... Let's get to it, Horwat. There's a lot going on tonight. Oof. We're 23 minutes in here. Penguins, Blackhawks, three first overall picks. Going to be taking the ice tonight in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sidney Crosby, 2005. Taylor Hall, 2010. 
Not a lot of people remembering uh, Taylor Hall's on this team. And Connor Bedard, obviously, 2023. The main storyline, though, is obviously Crosby and Bedard. I put out... I didn't put out. I'm going to put out this tweet because, mm-hmm. you know, I did the statistics. I ran the numbers. When Sidney Crosby made his NHL debut, he's entering his 19th season later tonight. When he made his NHL debut, Connor Bedard was 80 days old. <laughs> 80 days. So it's been 6,579 days since Sidney Crosby debuted for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It has been 6,659 days since Connor Bedard was born. That's insane. And now these two are the marquee for the opening night of the NHL season on ESPN. Interesting storyline. Going to be very interesting to watch both of these players this year. There's people saying Crosby could go out and win the heart. There's people saying Connor Bedard could go out there and outscore Sidney Crosby. The last big NHL debut that I remember watching was Austin Matthews. Scores Mm -hmm. four goals against the Ottawa Senators. So with that in mind, I ask you, what are your expectations for Connor Bedard later tonight against the Penguins? For Connor Bedard, oh man. Um, Go out there and make a name for yourself somehow, some way. Don't know if it's going to be a four-goal night, but (laughs) it'll be, you know, maybe tallying one, maybe tallying two, maybe getting a couple of assists. I mean, we're hoping for... Obviously, the Penguins to look good and for Tristan Jari to bounce back in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it won't be easy up against Connor Bedard. I mean, I, I know he said <laughs> I know he said yesterday he's not worried about what the other team looks like right now. He's, you know, the Penguins are focused on themselves. I think Mike Sullivan said the same thing. Um, but there has obviously, like very likely, been some internal conversations, some internal scouting reports on how to handle a guy like Connor Bedard. And it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. I mean, that opening face-off is going to be fun. We know how that's yep. that's going to be the moment everyone's going to be watching for. Um, and then it'll be there. Well, what I'm looking for for Connor Bedard is just to see him look NHL ready. You know, sometimes these first-round picks get in here and these first overall picks get up here and it's all of a sudden, well, they can't do anything. Or they you know, maybe needed that time in the minors. Bedard needs to come in and prove that he's not one of those players. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the biggest key here because we look at... Lafreniere is struggling with the Rangers. People keep saying if he was in any other system, maybe he'd be fine. Maybe if he saw some time in the AHL, he'd be a little bit better. Um, Or how about a couple of those Oilers' first overall picks from Taylor Hall back in the day? Not necessarily (laughs) Taylor Hall. I think he's. I mean, Taylor Hall was the better of of all of them, but like Nail Yakupov is certainly one that, that that sticks out. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was good, but then turned into a late bloomer. Um, yeah, he was. So there's, I'd say he just needs to come in and prove that he's ready to go right away. Also, another fun fact for if you want to mention three three first overall picks in this game, it's the Blackhawks and the da, 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 Penguins are two of only three teams in the entire NHL right now with multiple Hart Trophy winners. Hmm. Between Hall and Corey Perry, who we also forgot was there. Yeah, and then no, Crosby I didn't. Malkin. <laughs> you did. Well, some I of didn't us forget did. Corey Perry was there, but I, uh, you know, he's Corey Perry at this stage of his career. It's not uh, not Anaheim Ducks Corey Perry that's jumping out to anybody. Yeah, no, not at all. But then also Crosby Malkin. I forget the third team now, but it uh, it's uh, that's one of the other quick little fun facts heading into this game as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head, and it's just going to take me too long. But um, no, plenty of storylines entering this game. Obviously, one that we haven't mentioned as of yet, 
Eric Carlson actually makes his Pittsburgh Penguins debut. I mean, yeah. that was the biggest trade of the offseason. We talked about it when it happened, that it was the biggest trade for the Pittsburgh Penguins since Phil Kessel came to the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 2015. I'm expecting Eric Carlson to go out there and put on a show because he's a showman after all, and this is a, an opportunity on national television. The fans are going to be wild. Mm -hmm. He's seen PPG Paints Arena in the preseason, which is basically... It's it's a preseason game. There was not a lot of people in attendance. Yikes. But tonight, it's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. It's going to be on national television. There's a lot of attention on this game and a lot of attention on Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby. That mm -hmm. is the marquee. And as it should be, but Eric Carlson, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, making a debut for the Pittsburgh Penguins, only the third team he's played on in 13 years, I think he's going to be ready to go out there and put on a show. Yeah, it's... You have to remember, it's more than it's. It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a lot of mixed fans too. Remember that it's going to be obviously a ton of Penguins fans, but expect a ton of Chicago fans traveling to see their golden boy make his NHL debut. And then one thing I've noticed uh, to start this week is that there's a lot of Swedish media in town too. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe some, you know, Eric Carlson diehards kind of. I'm not saying made the trek all the way across the pond, uh, but some Swedish people, some Swedish fans that are. Local, a little bit more local to have maybe made the trek over. So there's a ton going into this game. There's going to be all eyes everywhere. And Eric Carlson has somehow taken the back seat for this game, which is probably mm -hmm. also really good considering um, he definitely still doesn't look fully ingrained into the system yet, but we're getting there step by step every day that passes. It's getting better. It's getting closer. It's mm -hmm. going to be, uh, good that the, the, the spotlight is not directly on him to start. Yeah, I mean, how, how, how does that happen, right? I mean, a guy comes over in a blockbuster trade in the summer, biggest trade, reigning Norris Trophy winner, and he is, uh, he's the side story on the, on the opening night of the NHL. So it's, uh, it's certainly a story to watch, and it's certainly going to be an interesting game for Eric Carlson. Uh, we'll see what the Penguins are able to do. You said Corey Perry is on that team. The Penguins might get a couple power plays tonight. They just might. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Other than the main storyline, Crosby Bedard. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, I think we mentioned it last week. Connor Bedard outscores Sidney Crosby this year. Let's just give a definitive yes-no answer right now. Does Connor Bedard outscore Sidney Crosby in, his, in Bedard's rookie season? Yes I don't or no? think so. I don't think so. I think yeah. it'll be close. But um, the way we're talking of Crosby maybe having a 90 to 100 point season, you know, I, I think Bedard can easily put up 70 to 80, maybe mm -hmm. 90 if he's depending on how good or bad that team is. It's not the Blackhawks aren't going to be good, but yeah, I mean, you know what? Crosby's rookie year, the, the Penguins were terrible and he had 102. So, yeah, who knows? I don't see Bedard eclipsing 90 but definitely a ton of points and Crosby could easily exceed that so I don't think he does yeah. but I bet he keeps it close all season long um I bet it's an entertaining race and it, mm -hmm. because of the media attention because of all the eyes Batard's gonna run away with the Calder but uh, that could be an interesting little that could be an interesting nah, little nah, race nah, too nah. Nah, 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 nah he's not running away with the damn Calder get that Logan Cooley slander mm -hmm. out of your mouth, Horwat. It wasn't Logan. Get Cooley it out slander. of your mouth. That <laughs> was Logan. He's gonna run away with the Calder. Come on, put some respect on Cooley's name. I'm an honorary Coyotes fan this year just because I want to see Logan Cooley light it up alongside Jason Zucker. Right? Like, don't don't say he's gonna run away with it, Horwat. Come on, man. That's a Pittsburgh kid. 
an actual Pittsburgh kid. He's not a fake <laughs> Pittsburgh kid like we see around the NHL. Like who? Who who was a fake one? JT Miller. Is it JT Miller? Is that the one? Or is it Vinny? No, who, who's the one that's like from Ohio and they're like, ah, he's a Pittsburgh area kid. I'm like, you got to stop. JT Miller. You have I to think. stop. I think he's uh, Youngstown. No, East Palestine. East Palestine, Ohio. JT Miller. That's not Pittsburgh area. But did he play if, for one of the Pee Wee teams? I don't I think care. he did. I don't care. Yes. And Hockey Troll from our, our favorite caps podcast if there ever was such a thing caps chirp plays in in south point but he's not from pittsburgh area he's from west virginia okay <laughs> and he is a nailers kid, fan though he is a wheeling nailers fan, he, he is a wheeling nailers fan that is uh that's why how he gets bonus points that's why we we like his podcast <laughs> that's the only reason because that and he got poly cupcakes back which is great but a lot that's of people huge. don't know what we're talking about we, so, we are uh, <laughs> flying off the rails here flying off the rails but it's the start of the season let's let's rein it back in last thing before we cut to break other than the main storylines and our rant about logan cooley and what it means to actually be from pittsburgh what do you want to see from the penguins later this evening in their opener show that hunger show that spice that you came into the off season with that you know the disappointment of how last season ended show that you're hungry for more you want to make your way back to the postseason you want to fight for that stanley cup it all starts with day one it starts with game number one um you don't need to look cohesive still a lot of learning going on mm-hmm. uh, still a lot of works in progress but look like you want it don't don't give me a shift off. Don't give me a period off. Get to, get to those in game 30, 40, near the All-Star break. Do that then. Um, but for game one, all out, nonstop, 60 minutes, whatever the whatever those movie quotes are that you could think mm-hmm. of. All of them. Clear eyes, full hearts, that's, can't lose. Ah, that's Friday Night Lights, so it's not It football, counts, but, though. That's one of them. Uh, you know, it's one of them. It, it's one of those movie quotes. I was trying to think of one. You know, tonight we skate with them. Although, you know, I don't know about comparing the Chicago Blackhawks to the 1980 USSR team, but you know, regardless, uh, no, if you, I, I like if you what build you're it, there. They will come. That's I keep coming up with other ones. Yeah, I mean, we hit three sports there. I mean, it's in the hole. There's four. There's golf. Uh, we had to get that one in. But um, no, you basically want to see a repeat of last year's opener against the Coyotes, right? I mean, they scored three goals in the opening period, and they just absolutely demolished the Coyotes last year in the opener. How about two years ago against the Blackhawks? Was that two years ago? I don't think that was the season opener. I think it was the home opener because they also beat the they beat the Lightning two years ago on the opener. Hmm. Ah, uh, it was the nineteen. No, that's Columbus. What are what, what's you know what I'm talking about? The when we chased Flurry, whatever year yeah. that was. That was two years ago, but it was the it was the home opener, second game of the season. Cool. Yeah, that one. Just repeat that if you need to. <laughs> yeah, do that again. I mean, it's gonna be a fun game. I, I think that. It's going to be high-flying. I see Connor Bedard being every bit of the star he's expected to be. But the thing that I'm going to zero in on, and it, it's it's really something that is going to be a through line from now until game 82, what does that third line look like? Because yeah. it, it seemingly is going to be Jansen Harkins, Lars Eller, and Drew O'Connor to start the season. I'm going to I'm going to refer to that as the havoc line because I feel like that's exactly how they're going to play. Harkins and O'Connor are fast, they are furious on the forecheck and I think that they have a little bit of that offensive upside that has worked in the AHL level and you've seen it in spurts 
especially from Drew O'Connor this preseason. Four goals in three games, two of them when playing on the top line with Sidney Crosby in the final preseason game. Can they translate that to the NHL? Can that be a genuine NHL-level third line? And I think Lars Eller being the guy in the middle is the perfect complement to two guys that are going to be tenacious on the outside of him and two guys that are going to be able to bury their opportunities. And I think Eller is going to be just tasked with being that defensively responsible guy once the puck does get out of the opponent's zone and being a guy that's able to support these two because they're going to be dogs on a bone, man. I mean, O'Connor is a fast guy that's tenacious, but Jansen Harkins, from what we saw from him in two games, he is O'Connor times two when it comes to the forecheck. I don't know if he's times two O'Connor when it comes to the skill and the scoring ability, but I think that there is certainly the potential for this to become a true NHL third line, something that the Penguins haven't had and haven't been able to put together over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, Mike Sullivan likes the line a lot too, I think. He's mentioned that O'Connor and Harkins both bring um, really good speed, which is going to be huge for that bottom six that mm-hmm. you know is trying to step up from last year. Uh, and Lars Eller has a sneaky, you know, sneaky chance of leading that bottom six in points and in scoring. There's a lot going into that line. It's it that third line has seen some you know shifts and some changes over the last two weeks of camp but uh you know what it's i like the way it's molding into place oh eller and o'connor um look like they're gonna work out pretty well together and whoever they filter in on that on that open wing you know whether it be harkins who like like we mentioned kind of stole a spot here in this roster kind of did kind of did from a number of names is you know it's a good addition it's I don't know what else to say about the line other than I like it. I like this team. Yeah. <laughs> don't. At least you didn't say the the W word. You didn't say that. So it's not the same quote there. Uh, you know, call back to about 20 minutes ago. But no, when I look at this third line, I see something that comparing it to last season when it was Danton Heinen, Jeff Carter, and uh, Kasperi Kapanen. It might not have the, the high-powered names. It might not have the league-wide you know, attention, league-wide appeal that Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen and Kasperi Kapanen had. But I think these are three players that can play well together, and I think that they know their role, and I think that's the most important thing. Drew O'Connor knows his role with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's why he's continued to become one of the favorites for Mike Sullivan throughout his career. Entering year four now, we expect them. I mean, he's starting the season with the Penguins for the first time. We expect them to, he can't double it. He played 46 games last year, but we expect him to get up towards, you know, a full season if he continues to play this year. It's his opportunity to have his first full season at the NHL level and to not be that bouncing ball between, you know, Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh. So this this line knows what they are, and I'm excited to see them go execute it tonight. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be an X-factor line going forward. Um, hopefully, Hopefully the scoring comes along with it, but I do think that all the intangibles and the stuff away from the puck is what this line excels at, and that's something that you know Mike Sullivan loves to have. So uh, it will be interesting. The game's going to be interesting tonight, but we do have one more segment to go here on the tip of the iceberg. We have one last prediction to make. Last week was predictions week, but we have one more. It's the only, it's the one that only we do, uh, and that's the Iron Penguin Award. We'll talk about that after the break.
Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast on opening day of the NHL season in 2023. I'm excited, Horwat. Real hockey coming back. That first game's a little disappointing, I think, since uh, Andre Vasilevsky went down. I don't know why. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Nashville is also not a matchup that inspires a lot of uh, a lot of interest, at least on my part. I'm sure if you're from Tennessee or you're from South Florida, it's very different for you. But that's uh, not something that, yeah, I'll watch it, but I'm just really waiting all day for 8 o'clock. Given it the 5.30 time slot, too. The, yeah, uh, I mean... Of, of the three games, that's clearly the one that you're going to put out there first um, because the other two need to be in prime time. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's banner raising night for Vegas, Seattle, and you know, and Seattle's trying to come off of that big year they had. Also, making it 430 for the ten, for Tennessee, for the Nashville fans. I mean, got to do what you got to do, but well then, okay. Um, that's, a, that's a rush home from work to get the TV on type of... Uh, start so be it though should be like the only time that really happens this year ah, but man this this middle game it's where all the highlights are it's where all the headlines will be it's where all of the eyes will be watching eight o'clock Connor Bedard Sidney Crosby the passing of the torch if you will a lot going on ton of fun big night <clears throat> yeah you think Crosby still has the torch yeah you're right I, mean, I think yes, Crosby's but... <laughs> Crosby's lit a smaller torch for other guys but I think the torch I think the torch has been passed once you have a guy that's scoring 150 points and everybody expects him to do it again. He's what? Who? Who Who's that? I don't know. Somebody Mick Donald's. I don't know. You know, four for four. Mick Ad McDonald's back. still around? Damn. <laughs> McDonald. Well, okay. I mean, hey, if he was, he could keep up with Connor McDavid. But uh, let's talk about our Iron Penguin. We've gone off the rails way too much oh for this episode. I, I tried not to. Uh, you know, it's mostly my fault. Uh, I'll say that, but let's finish it strong here with our Iron Penguin Award predictions. For those who don't know and are new to the show, our Iron Penguin Award every year is an award that all you have to do is play in all 82 games, right? You know, yep. easy feat. Just best ability is availability. Be available. Well, last year, the most players we've ever seen make it through all 82 games since we started doing this four seasons ago, Evgeny Malkin. Sidney Crosby, first time in their careers they both played All-82. They both get their first Iron Penguin Award last season. Ricard Raquel, in his first full season, gets an Iron Penguin Award. And a, a departing gift for Brian Dumoulin. He got the Iron Penguin Award last year as well. Uh, we're going to give our predictions here. Who do we think are going to play in all 82 games this season? Horwat, I ask you, do you first have more than one player that you're predicting in this category? Technically, yes. I'm trying to okay. flip around to see if I can find anyone who just has a consistent basis of playing 79, 80, the, the high number of games. Um, and I'm actually kind of struggling to find one. And for what it's worth, heading into last season, I don't think either of us would have expected Crosby and Malkin to do it. So, got that. That was a you know positive push. I don't see them doing it this year. Um, and I'm going to try and come up with at least... You know, one, I mean, Eric Carlson also not one you would normally slot in as playing all 82. He did that last year. Um, but heading into this year, I think off the jump, I could see a guy like Marcus Pedersen staying healthy all season, especially given the role that he's in now. Um, mm -hmm. He's going to be a guy that wants to play in all 82 games. Uh, I'm going to say he's a good, a good solid pick for one of them. Um, Pedersen. 
You know, Marcus Patterson, if I had to take another shot in the dark. Riley Smith, new guy, comes in, you know, maybe in, you know, nice new position. He played 78 last year, I think I saw. Um, <clears throat> coming with a little more momentum off of a cup win. And you know what? I'm going to have a little fun with this, with my third answer here. Jake Three. Gensel. Ooh. Jake Gensel. You know what's funny? You know, go ahead. I'll let you go. You're going to let me go because you know I'm saying Jake Gensel because he is a quote-unquote game-time decision for tonight. Entering this season, we weren't expecting to even have him for the first five games of the year, which would have taken him out of the running immediately. Mm-hmm. But here we are, and I'm just – and it's not – it's that's like my half answer. I'm going to say, like, the first two definitely. But the Jake Gensel one, I mean, this roster was announced with 12 forwards, and he was one of them. You can only play 12 forwards at a time. Well, you could play 11. You could oh, – don't put that evil on me. You could uh, play. You could play thirteen forwards and six defensemen. You could play. You, you could play what you want. You could play fifteen forwards, three defensemen. I mean, your defenseman might hate you for that, but you can right, do what but, you want if you're tra- Mike Sylvan. Right, but traditionally, you're playing. Traditionally, it's twelve. You're playing twelve forwards. He was one of yeah. them, and just as uh, the fun third answer for guys playing all eighty-two games, the guy we weren't supposed to have to start. Yeah, Patterson, Smith, and Gensel are your answers. Gensel's one of my two. There you and go. And I'm See? not half doing it. I am all in. Historically, Gensel's been a sturdy player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's played the full complement of games in three of his six seasons and only missed four games last year. And he only missed significant time once, right? And that was the shoulder injury in 2019-20. And that was something that he gets blown into the boards, lands very awkwardly, very fast, and he separates his shoulder. He did come back for the uh, the COVID playoffs. It didn't help very much. Nobody on the Penguins really played well in that series. Patrick Marlowe on the Penguins' third line. Uh, but, hey. you know, I do see him now that he's back, now that he's supposedly healthy, he's a game-time decision. I think he becomes the first two-time winner of the Iron Penguin Award. We've never had somebody win twice. Wow. I could see it being Jake Gensel this season. I can't believe we've never had anyone win twice. Yeah, let me scroll down here. I have it on literally on my master notes here. Iron Penguin Award. We started it in 2019-20. Marcus Pedersen won. Hey. So you're you're pu- you're pulling for Pedersen to get it for a second time. And Teddy Bluger was the other winner. 2020-21 was Gensel and Rust, Crosby's line mates. 2021-22, there was only one winner. Can you name who played in all 82 in that season? Which one? Wait, which season did you say it was? 2021-22 season. Oh, I remember, but it's not coming to me. Mm-hmm. Was it Brandon Tanev? It was not Brandon Tanev. It was indeed the man Evan Rodriguez Evan, played right. in all 82 games that season. And the last <clears throat> season we mentioned, it was uh, Malkin Crosby, Raquel, and Brian Dumoulin. So I have Jake Gensel winning it for the second time, becoming the first two-time winner of the Iron Penguin Award. And I'm also going to say Ryan Graves. Uh, mm-hmm. He's missed 13 games over the last three seasons. That's not a lot. You know, that's not a lot of games. He plays a similar role to Brian Dumlin, who won it last year. He's not overly physical. He does get physical. He's not overly physical. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. He's going to log a lot of ice time, but I do think that he's in that role where he plays within himself if he's playing his game. So I see Ryan Graves being pretty sturdy for the Penguins, and I'm hoping, knock on wood, as we do this entire segment, uh, that he's able to go out there and have a really good season in his first year of a big contract with the Penguins. Yeah, this is all, this is just a hard thing to predict, too. You're, yeah, you're, at the you're, end of the day, you, you're basing this off of previous performance when yeah. it's it's not something that should be based off. Of, like, if you're an injury-prone player, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, oh, who's going to play all, in all 82 games? Well, you have to take out, like, you know, what if 
Chad Ruedel gets benched. There's only 18 players that could be up for this, and that's the 18 skaters that are going to go out there tonight and, and be active in the lineup. Yeah, it's it's just a hard one to you know try and really talk about and discuss because in the at the end of the day, we're literally sitting here discussing who's going to be out of the lineup, whether it be because they're not good enough or because they got hurt. Things you yeah. don't want to talk about, but we're talking. Yeah, and, you, and nobody can predict. Yeah, we're trying to talk about the guys that are good enough to be in 82 and will be healthy enough to play in 82. So we try and put the light spin on it, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a majority of your team just missing time. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a dark thing to talk about, but you know what? Um, <clears throat> I think I like our fun answers, or at least my fun answer, your real answer of Jake Gensel, because that's positivity. That's We weren't supposed to have him for two more weeks still. And here yeah. we are sitting on game one of the year. And he's a game-time decision. It's been a game-time decision for a couple days now. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We hope everybody enjoys the game tonight. Hockey is back. And if you're up after the game, shortly after, I will be live on our Twitter at Inside the Penguins with an iceberg recap, something we're doing this year where sometimes it's going to be live on YouTube. Sometimes <laughs> it's going to be pre-recorded and, and out the next morning. Uh, but... That's going to be it for this one. Hope you tune in with me later tonight after the Penguins and the Blackhawks. But if not, we'll see you guys next time here on the Tip of the Iceberg.